A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. I just realized that we are also just introducing ourselves to you now. (laughs) 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 When we started, um, who I'm speaking to is our extra special guest today. She's resident astrologer for Bustle. She also has a book out called Astrology for Happiness and Success. It's Mecca Woods. Yay! Hey! Hi! Joining us as our first uh, remote guest, too. Um, yeah, so if you're that person that's like, oh, a Skype sounding call on a podcast, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> we are Skyping. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, I know a lot of people were a bit afraid about the full moon that we just had in Scorpio. Yes. But it was actually a pretty good moon for me. I was actually um, pleasantly surprised by that. So, yeah. What, like, did something happen to you or just, like, general vibe of people? Or uh, I felt like everyone was, like, well, extra weird. Well, I mean, I mean, it was general, like, full moon weirdness, you know, um, especially, like, out on the street. But, um, like, people tend to always get really, really weird around full moons just in general. But uh, Scorpio full moons, I think, get, like, I mean, Scorpio in general gets really a really bad rap in astrology as being, like, very, like, intense and, like, you know, mysterious and all that kind of stuff like that. But like for me personally, I don't really have much Pisces, Cancer, or Scorpio in my own chart. So like whenever the moon goes into water sign, I always feel like short circuit, like Johnny Five, like when he when he got all <laughs> mashed up. <laughs> That's what it kind of does to me a little bit. Like it, it shorts my circuits a little bit. But it was actually this one was actually a good one. Uh-oh. Yeah, I feel I have I have a Scorpio Mars and so and mercury so i feel like sometimes i'm always scared that it's gonna be super intense and then i'm always like oh no it's like the good kind of intense that i actually like or something i just forget that i like intensity right right oh yeah scorpio mars of course 
Well, you're an Aquarius moon, too, so you probably have some ability to hold water or hold those emotions in your vase, so to speak. Um, to some degree, but, like, the, um, the water signs, they, like, they hit my, hit my fourth, eighth, and twelfth houses, which are generally the water sign houses. Mm-hmm. So I just find myself kind of being, like, very, like, despondent and just kind of, like, doing the Aquarius moon thing of, like, I need to be alone. I need my, my solitude. So that's, that's how I, that's how I can <laughs> um, It's interesting for me because I feel like I've been very, like, this is my like, let's go get dinner time. But also I'm very Cancerian and friends mm. with 1000% um, too many Scorpios. So it's just our like, mm, everyone's inside and afraid and no one's at the restaurant tonight. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go get the good seat. <laughs> that is, that's a good way to look at it. I like yeah. that. I wonder like how, what the percentage of people who went out like last night were like water signs just thriving. Like, yes, get, a, get out of yeah. my way. I feel like this is a great time right now for Earth signs and water signs right now, just because, like, I think there's, like, six planets in Earth signs right now. Mm. Uh, and then we have, uh, well, with the full moon yesterday, it was, like, three planets in water. So oh, yeah. I'm very earthy water child, so I am thriving. It's true. <laughs> the doctors were right. Yeah, definitely, definitely your moment right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we... I love, I was struck by how much you have, um, like the term create and like all so much of your, your, uh, philosophy is about like creating your life. It's in the title of your book. It's in the title of your website. Um, I love that cause you're a Leo rising too, that, yeah. which is so much about creativity and self-creation and all of that yes. too. Um, is that I'm assuming that's something that resonates with you, but what is like, what does that mean to you? Well, when I started um, my practice, or rather, even before that, before I started like um, practicing astrology professionally, I was drawn to it because I had my chart read first, and the astrologer who did my chart was able to tell me things about myself that no one else kind of really knew. And not only did she tell me those kinds of things, but she also like highlighted ways that I could like shift the energy and make changes. And it really made me feel empowered as opposed to feeling like I was a victim of circumstances. And that's kind of been like my whole approach to astrology with my clients and teaching and writing about it and letting people know that, um, you know, we can co-create with the universe. You know, there, there are things that are out of our control, but I do think there's a lot of things that are within our control that can help us to essentially get to where we want to be. So to me, being a fire sign, being a Sagittarius, you know, being a Leo rising, I've always kind of had that philosophy of kind of like life is kind of what you make it. Oh, did, was that your first entrance into astrology was getting your chart read by, or where were you at in your life, I guess, astrology wise like was it always a thing you were interested in your youth or was it kind of later in life or like how did we get here so I had always had an interest in like astrology um mythology all those kind of things of course Sagittarius you know (laughs) what's the meaning of life right (laughs) um but I didn't really recognize like how many layers there were to astrology until I got my chart read so prior to that I was working um for a nonprofit. And, um, I was also dating a Scorpio and God bless you. I was just kind of like at a crossroads in terms of like trying to figure things out. I think I had also just come off of my first Saturn return. Mm. Um, and I just was kind of, uh, what's the word? I was, I felt really unfulfilled in terms of what I was doing. Um, it, the job that I had became a situation where it was extremely toxic, like an environment for me where it was one of those things where I would like cry at work. I would cry going home. I would cry going to work. Like that's mm-hmm. how toxic and heavy it became. And I just kind of had this feeling. I was like, I, I feel like I, there's something more that I should be doing. And then, you know, in terms of love and relationships, I just wasn't happy uh, in terms of like the kind of men that I was attracting. And I was just kind of like, okay, how do we turn this around? Um, and then on top of that, being a single mom, uh, my daughter, who was around nine or 10 at the time, um, I just wanted to, to show her that she could essentially do things, you know, whatever she wanted to do that she could do. And I picked up this book called the celestial sex pot handbook by Kiki T. 
Um, and she was actually the first astrologer that read my chart. And um, I, she, like I said, she had so, like, she, she just blew my mind. And I was obsessed after that in terms of, like, finding out everything that I possibly could about my chart and just reading everything online. And it got to the point where um, I started getting books and started kind of practicing and playing around with my own chart and, like, looking at other people's charts. And so it became a thing where I found a mentor and it just kind of one, one thing after that kind of looks another. Do you think I, cause that was going to be another question. Cause I feel like this is like a topic that comes up a lot because we're always talking about how popular astrology has gotten and you know, what's, uh, are people that are kind of like Instagram witches or whatever, but where does that kind of cross over into real life authenticity and stuff like that? Um, at what point do you, and because astrology isn't like a regulated field, you don't have to have like a license or something like that. When, when do you feel like you, uh, is, do you think it's like the mentor aspect that really changes it? Or when, like, when did you feel like you were an astrologer as opposed to someone who just was like obsessed with astrology? Um, I think it got to the point where I actually decided to start charging money for it. And to me, it became a situation. So like I have a lot of Saturn, even though like I have a lot of fire in my chart, I also have significant Saturn in my chart too. Um, I have Saturn in, in my first house and I have Mercury in Capricorn. So for me, uh, education is something that I take very seriously. You know, my reputation, brand, all those things I take very seriously. And so when it got to the point where I decided that I actually wanted to pursue it full time, I knew that I needed training you know I needed I needed something in my toolbox to be able to actually provide services that were of, were of value um one of the reasons why I was a bit afraid or apprehensive about even getting into astrology professionally first was because I was so afraid of like giving people like bad advice and like messing people's lives up like that was <laughs> that was a legit fear that I had and it wasn't until I had taken on a mentor, um, shout out to Rebecca Gordon, um, who was, who was my men- mentor and a good friend of mine, um, that I was able to understand that, yeah, you know, reading so much chart for, for money um, and giving advice and things like that is actually something that is quite serious, you know, when you have people coming to you for guidance. So I do think that training and studying and, you know, integrity are, are big things that should definitely go into someone's practice. I think that's valuable. We also wanted to know, um, how deeply do you look at your child's chart? That's something we get asked a lot about kids. (laughs) Do you obsess over it? Is it something that you try not to look at? Um, no, that's a great question. I actually look at my daughter's chart, um, quite a bit. And the reason for that is because she's just, so she's an Aries and, you know, technically Aries and Sag, you know, we're fire signs and we kind of, you know, come from a very similar sort of place, but she also has quite a lot of Virgo and quite a lot of Taurus in her chart, which squares my Leo and my Sag. And so for me, being able to understand her had, you know, I've been able to do that through her chart. So that way I can kind of figure out ways to navigate some of the problem spots that we might have in terms of like being able to connect and relate to each other. So I definitely think, um, you know, as a parent, having her chart has helped me to um, kind of navigate some of those like mom, daughter sort of things. Would you recommend, I guess, just before, because a lot of our listeners who are moms are like, do I whip this out? Do I look at this? Is that something to like consult someone or like just like is like a Google search going to help with like, I, I don't know, I, I guess there's like, I think it's the same question we go with like dating someone too. It's yeah. just like, is there, it's that fear of projecting. It's like, well, you're just, you're going to be an Aries about this or the, I, I don't know. I think it's just a common question we've been having of like, like if when to put it away. knowledgeable of, of astrology, is it right. it's difficult to kind of put your kid or someone into a box or is it something you should consult a professional about or just wait till they're Um, 18? (laughs) I do do think it's something that you could, um, consult a professional about. I do, um, like I've read charts for children before, like parent, like, and done like uh, parent child ministry. Um, but I always come from this place of kind of saying like, this is what the, the energy this child is working with. It's not necessarily set in stone. 
Um, and that's kind of like what I believe about anyone's birth chart, no matter how old they are. I feel like a birth chart in a lot of ways is a, a promise or sort of like a blueprint. But at the end of the day, a lot of free will plays, it plays a big role in terms of like how we live our charts out. So when it comes to um, looking at a child's chart, I think it's important to see like, you know, these are the kind of tools or the gifts or the resources that this child is working with. This might be where some of the challenges they might face. But I don't think it should be like a like I don't I don't think it should be like a hard and fast thing that someone should be like every day, you know, looking at their child's chart or, <laughs> you know, kind of like being like, Oh, you're doing this because you're, you know, you're an Aquarius or whatever the case may be. Like I I think there's definitely room for growth. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess like I like the way and I guess it goes with this like channeling astrology for like growth and success rather than I think that's like where with non-believers or haters, if you will, can be the like, well, if I'm just a what? So everybody born on July 2nd is just like that, you know, like it gets into that wrapped up mode. So I think it's refreshing here. It's like this is just kind of like what you're working with and it can strengthen and intense during certain times and weaken during other times. So like let people be people and like. Let's all st- still try to hopefully build each other up in the meantime. World peace yeah, is yeah. like my pageant answer, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally agree. I love it. I signed up for your um, uh, courses for the culture uh, oh, class. Please. And so I heard you say the, the phrase like your chart as a promise before, which I thought was so beautiful when I heard it. Cause I was like, oh, that is such a cool, like, uh, and it goes into the other thing that you said about like astrology being a tool. Uh, that it's like, yeah, you use different tools for a different, you wouldn't use a hammer for every job you'd use this and like you, or it's like you could, but why would you do that? You're going to smash what you're trying to make or whatever. But the, that idea too, of kind of like, um, predetermination where it's like, right. no, you can do whatever you want, but this here's, here's like the recipe of you. So if you like need to add things or know that you have this in there, like that's good to know. Like, like if you're a jockey, it helps that you're short. <laughs> it's kind of the job requirement. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, always tell people that like, you know, a birth chart, I don't know. It's, I feel like sometimes like, especially for folks who get really like afraid or upset about like the, so quote unquote, like the problem spots in their birth chart, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, cause I'm, I'm really active on Twitter. Um, I love, love your Twitter, Twitter by the way, <laughs> we had a jump in. love the Twitter. A lot of folks tend to find me through Twitter and I always see people in my mentions saying like, Oh, you know, I have, you know, Mercury square moon and this and that, you know, and I hate it or I'm doomed. And I'm just like, you have what you have because you, those are the tools that you need in order for you to essentially create the, you know, the future or the life that you want. Like those are resources. They're not necessarily setbacks. That's interesting. I feel like it kind of, and I wonder your take on this. What's the word for it? We just did an episode on this. My days are blurring together with like fall and detriments and like exaltions and dig like all those sorts of things. It was interesting because the more we looked into it, it's like, yeah, like on paper, this planet's going to be the strongest in this because it's it's like Libra li- lives in Venus and blah, blah, blah. But also like maybe you're supposed to see it from an out an outsider air quotes perspective or maybe I don't know. I, do you have any feelings on falls and things of that nature or is that kind of like, eh? Um, well, I guess if you can just I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like people get tripped up with it because the wording is a bit mm. harsh. Like when you mm. say like your Venus is in detriment, like, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like your moon is in fall. Like it just sounds really horrible. Yeah. Uh, Even exaltation and... is like pretty big. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty big like thing to live up to. Right. And I mean, that's also like a carryover from like medieval times right. when, you know, people were like bloodletting and, you know, all that <laughs> kind of like, you know, intense stuff. But if you can kind of think of like the planets that are like, and debilitation or detriment as just being planets that are uncomfortable in certain spots or certain, um, some of was talking about like, you know, planets like wearing certain clothes. And so the clothes might not fit the way they normally would if the planet was wearing its own clothes. Mm-hmm. If you can kind of think of it in that term or in that way, it kind of alleviates some of that, um, more fatalistic sounding, uh, terminology or connotation that it has but I mean I do pay attention to 
like the 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 planets, you know, in terms of like where they are, because that's really going to tell you like how that energy is being expressed. Like for example, an Aries with a Mars and Cancer, you know, because Mars rules Aries. So Aries with a Mars and Cancer is going to be very different from the Aries with Mars in, in like Taurus or Gemini. Mm-hmm. So knowing that and how those energies are expressed, it can help you to kind of be able to talk to a person and coach them through some problem spots or tell them like how they can use those things to their benefit. That's funny. I like imagining like my Cancer Mars wearing like low rise jeans and me like, I'm so sorry. I, Mar- my Mars wanted to wear high rise. It was way more fashionable, but this is what was on sale. And uh, don't hate me. <laughs> Do you find that you're able to communicate with people differently at- when you look at their chart? Like for me, I'm not really able to adjust my communication style no matter what the other person wants. <laughs> do you find that you're able to do that? She's Taurus. Yeah, Taurus, Mercury. Taurus Sun, Taurus Mercury. And Taurus, and rising. Taurus Rising. So, uh, Yeah, what's funny is that um, whenever I get a client, I always look at their Mercury to see like how, what the communication is going to be like. So for example, like I have Mercury and Capricorn. And sometimes I joke with myself, like, or, or like with people that know me that sometimes I sound, I sound like dry eyes, you know, when I, um, but when I'm talking to a Mercury and Aries, for example, I know that I have to really like pick it, pick up the pace and really like, you know, get to the point really fast. Um, if I'm talking to a Mercury and Cancer, you know, cause there's that opposition between my Mercury and theirs. Um, I really have to kind of like talk slowly and kind of break things down because they won't like, I have to have like visual mm-hmm. um, things for them. Um, so they can kind of like absorb it. Um, Mercury is the same thing with Mercury. Leave. So like, I, I try to look at the Mercury's to see like, all right, what is the, what's the way, the best way that I can approach this and, and get this information out. And I think that probably is attributed to the fact that, you know, Saturn, um, you know, that Mercury and Capricorn is like, how can I be the best, <laughs> you know, approach this, approach this information in the best way possible and really break it down so a person can understand it. That's the best cool. and That's effective. Really cool. yeah, very Saturn. I think Saturn. it's also very Sagittarius. I'm Sag Sun and I have Capricorn Moon and I have Saturn conjunct Venus in Sagittarius. So I have like... I have a lot of Sag and Saturn also, but I feel like it's very much a Sagittarius thing too of like, oh, if I need to change my methods, I'll do it, but I just need you to understand me or like understand what I'm trying to to express or teach or whatever. I love the the image of the planets wearing clothes because for me, so much of astrology has been like, oh, that's why I've been walking like there's a rock in my shoe. Like it's that like figuring out, oh, like this. Oh, now that you know what your planets are like wearing, then it's like, oh, yeah, that's why I've been sitting weird this time or whatever. Like then you can know and then you can adjust. But it is so much of like I feel like because people think of it as being fatalistic, they're they're scared to to look at stuff. But really, it's more just like the the facts it's not like something that you don't you're it's not something you don't already know or something along those lines it's not like something that's going to be in there that you're going to be like it i don't know does that make sense (laughs) uh yeah well i think it's just like i mean it's it's like the aha moments of like oh i've been trying to say it like this but when we look at the symbology of say like a planet with their house and maybe the aspects too that's like either charging or you know not as charging it's like okay like i do like i'm gemini mercury and i i do need fast like i get bored and i like fall asleep um so it's just like i it's interesting thinking of even prioritizing based on what you're giving like you're giving something that's communicative so like let's look at the communication first like duh like and then we can kind of then I'll know a little bit more about you once I learn. It's like knowing foreplay or something. Like, it's like, what do you like? And then once I know what you like, I will best serve you. But I think that's like also the beauty in Sagittarians where it's, the, it is that adaptability of like, cause some, I'm a Taurus and I ain't changing. So <laughs> I'll try, but it's hard. Um, Mecca, I did have a question about your Aquarius moon. can you like help us all with Aquarius moons just because I think that's a placement I've I know a lot of Aquarius moons I'm dating an Aquarius moon and I feel like from basic text and internet 
honestness, it's very like, you're just not going to know. And like, that's, and that's like it. Do you have any insight being an Aquarius moon that maybe we wouldn't know from like a first person perspective? Oh yeah. So (laughs) I would say say you may. Okay. So like when I look at planets, um, I look at both the old rulers and the new rulers. Um, so like with Aquarius, I look at Saturn and Uranus uh, or Uranus. Um, but when I look at Aquarius moons in particular, I, I tend to lean more into Saturn. Um, because Aquarius, having Aquarius moon is not necessarily like we don't feel feelings. Like we feel a lot of feelings, Mm -hmm. but we often have to have, it's like we have to give ourselves permission to actually express them. And I think that's where people kind of get caught up with the idea of like Aquarius moons being like kind of like cold and like detached. I mean, air in itself can be kind of cold and kind of um, uh, lean more into intellectual. So there's a lot of rationalizing and a lot of processing the feelings before you actually feel them. Mm. And so what's interesting is that like for me, because my chart is so fire and air heavy, I tend to attract a lot of people with a lot of water in their chart who have taught me lessons around like learning just how to feel the feeling instead of needing to process it and solve it and fix it and you know, all of that. And so when it comes to an Aquarius moon, um, it's really like we need, not only do we need to give ourselves the permission to actually feel the feeling, but then it's like, because Aquarius is an, is an, is an energy that's also like the theme around Aquarius is also around, um, being like awkward or being (laughs) sort of like an outcast. Mm-hmm. there's also like we need the safety of being able to reveal those feelings too mm. so you maybe know, it's because, like oh, oh sorry i was gonna say like no, maybe no, no. it's like picking the particular crew that you want to unveil when it's the right time and the right people or something right right yeah yeah that's usually kind of like how it goes and it's like once we feel that sense of security or that safety then we can kind of like tell you what's going on but it takes it takes a while because we, we're dealing with saturn so it's it takes it's yeah. not something that comes easily do you prefer traditional rulers over modern planets um or i mix? So. i tend to use both and i guess that's probably the sad to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like i well just use them both just use them both um i see value in using both um, both rulers. I know there are more traditional astrologers who are absolutely like no to the outer planets when it comes to ruling over um, certain signs. Um, and then I know people who just look at the outer planets, like, you know, people just use like um, Pluto for Scorpio or Neptune for Pisces as opposed to using um, Jupiter or Mars. But I, I like to look at both of them. Hmm. Are there specific planets that you feel like you gravitate most towards? I mean, I think we all like all of them, obviously, but are there certain things that you love to read or ones that you kind of wish you didn't have to look at? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's a good question. I feel like Venus is one of my favorites, of course, because Venus is all about feeling good and looking good and eating good and all those (laughs) kinds of things. Um, I think, I think the one planet that probably drives me a little nuts is probably Mars. And the reason for that is because I have Mars in the 12th house in my own chart. So like accessing Mars is always a a thing for me. And so kind of like grasping that energy and trying to like actually like harness it, um, is always a, is a bit of a challenge on a, on a personal level, but I think the one thing that I've been seeing a lot lately that's been showing a lot a lot for my clients is like um, Venus Saturn Moon Saturn Moon Pluto Venus Pluto like I get a lot of those mm-hmm. um, and it's usually like the the issues are really usually like around self worth so mm. yeah that's interesting 
I'm I'm a 12th house Mars, so I just felt like I'm like oh triggered like like, yeah, like same, same, same where it's just, just like, like I um it's interesting of this house placements being the guiding into it. What's your house Venus placement? Did you say? Um, so I have Venus conjoined to Neptune and the Sun in the fourth house. Oh, okay. Right. So it feels comfy there. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a lot of <laughs> so I, I, in a way it's funny because I feel like an undercover cancer <laughs> um, and yeah because I mean I, you know it's funny like I, like between my Saturn and like you know the fourth and twelfth house placements that I have in my chart um, I can be very open but I can also be very introverted at the same time mm-hmm. um, depending on like the the environment that I'm in or the company that I'm keeping so yeah, it's really interesting. But like I think I think the other planet that probably drives me a little nuts to is probably Neptune. <laughs> but the Neptune, I don't know. I always feel weird about it. like cuz the Neptune, you know, has this bad rap of being like the, the planet of like illusion and like fantasy and deception, which it can, you know, show up as that. But then, you know, I think about Neptune in a positive way as being like the planet that is associated with things like compassion and um, inspiration and dreams, you know, so mm. I don't know. I always, it, it's like, I can always see like the positive and the negative of, of, of all the signs and planets. Sag. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> how do you, um, <laughs> I, I was, I'm coming off of an experience and I think, you know, because we've been doing this podcast for about a year now and I've been into astrology for a long time, but the more that we learn, it's kind of what you were talking about of, being in that stage is just being like obsessed and and having just like endless thirst for knowledge about it and wanting to talk about it with people and and seeing through this lens and stuff but because astrology is a thing that some people think is stupid and not real um like how do you how do you like talk about it with people or how do you do you or do you have any like boundaries up around that because it's like a thing and maybe for me it's because it's it's a newer thing but um like like I get sent articles from randos it's like Saturn's retrograde right now explain and I'm like it does this six months a year I don't know I just can't just, yeah if people are dismissive of it is yeah there like a specific strategy you take or how do you deal with maybe people who want to like poke the bear of like astrology, huh? Or do you even have that now that you're obviously established? This is newer for us, so we get it. It seems like all of a sudden, all the time. No, I mean when I first um, when I first started practicing professionally, um, definitely ran into a lot of skeptics, and over time, I've kind of adopted the philosophy of kind of like you do what works for you you know like I don't want to come from a place it's like like astrology like I always tell people like astrology is not a religion you know like it, it's not meant to be like a dogmatic sort of practice mm-hmm. um although I think sometimes there are some people who use it in a very dogmatic way but uh my my goal is not to like beat people over the head with astrology my thing is kind of like this is a tool you can use it or if you, you know, if you feel like it's not for you, that's cool too. Um, I don't engage in any sort of like, uh, back and forth with people. I know people who do, um, Sam, Sam Reynolds. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, follow him on Twitter or are familiar with him, but, um, he's, he's, he's been doing astrology forever. I love Sam, respect him so much. And he'll actually like get on, on to Twitter and like, he loves to debate people. He hasn't done, done it so much, but he, that would be like a big thing that he would do. I would be kudos to you because my Mercury <laughs> Capricorn is like I can't. Um, I just, I just like it, it works, all right, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> like, like, why do I like, need to prove otherwise? Right, like I, I can't. Um, it's hard for me to kind of get into a back and forth with someone, especially if they're coming from a very closed-minded place. It's kind of like you know the the age-old thing where they tell you you know, like don't argue with people about religion or don't argue with people Mm -hmm. about race and, you know, those kind of hot button topics because the person that you're kind of getting the argument, like the skeptics, I don't really see them as being like people that are going to change their mind, you know, with the conversation, like that kind of thing. And so I just rather not engage. It's kind of like, if you feel that this is not for you, then that's perfectly fine. 
there's a lot of people who do feel that this is resonating with them and I'll be talking to them. Um, people who are genuinely curious though, I love to talk to those people, people who might be like, well, you know, astrology is not really my thing, but I'm really curious in terms of like how you got into it and what it's about. Those people I enjoy having conversations with, even if they don't necessarily become like staunch, you know, astrology followers or readers, I'm still happy at the fact that they were at least open enough to have like a discourse about it. But the ones who are like quick to like say like, oh, this is bullshit and all that kind of stuff like that. It's like, okay, you do you, I'll do me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if anyone's like tweeting someone that's like, this shit sucks, change my mind. It's like, well, you're already telling me I'm not, not going to be able to. So right. why waste yeah. the, why expend the energy? But then also sometimes like, but then an Aries is like, just kidding. I will tell you. I will spend all day online telling you otherwise. I think sometimes people have the shitty attitude in the guise of being interested. Um, and they'll be like, oh, I'm having a bad day. What's going on? And it's like, oh, you want me to prove that you had a bad day? You just told me you did. Like, what do you yeah. mean? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, and that's another thing, like, I kind of shy away from kind of doing, like, the dog and pony show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not here to, like, entertain you and try to, like, you know, kind of do the juggling act in order for you to kind of, like, accept astrology. So that's that's why I'm, I'm like, you know, like, um, one, one other thing that I will say about that is that sometimes if there's a person who's really kind of coming down on astrology, I'll, I'll just kind of be like, have you ever studied it? You know, like, have you ever taken the time beyond what you've just known in terms of like popular astrology or like a horoscope, you know, that you might come across in a magazine or something that someone might have told you offhand. Like, have you ever taken the time to actually study? And usually people, you know, they, they haven't. So that kind of just ends the conversation right there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I guess it is just a similar thing. I, that uh, Lisa and I both are stand-up comics and then anytime you tell someone that you do comedy you know sometimes people will be excited for you and then but then there's also that person that's like oh yeah tell me a joke mm-hmm. right and it's yeah. like, like I don't know I'm not here for your <laughs> yeah or also it's like that's also I feel like it's the same answer as like astrology too where you're like that's not how it works mm-hmm. like that's not <laughs> stand-up yeah. doesn't work like that you have to do it and stand-up was only stand-up when you're doing it like in, in front, front of, of an people, audience yeah. it requires that that's part of it so it's and practice yeah. and not just saying i could do that or like this and it's like well do you want to even or do you just want to feel like it, i think it's like that weird rivalry or competitiveness of like oh you're skilled in something um let me like like totally shit on Undercut it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I, you should hear the levels of stand-up comedy material we have heard about oh astrology my God. It oh. is, people are so just like they know nothing about what they're talking about and they think they're real funny i feel like astrology is the new tinder it is, of yeah, like uh of like of jabs of like these girls and their astrology and it's always like comes back to this like separating like in this gendered sort of way too of like these girls in their magazines. And it's like, um, there's a lot of us out here and it's more than just that. So like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, and I guess I wonder about it because I like that, um, astrology is becoming more popular, not only because, you know, we have this platform because of it too, but also because I think it is a really useful tool for people for helping people communicate better and understand each other and and understand their kind of like place in the world and have more um autonomy in their lives um but i like i feel like it's a fine line between kind of like proselytizing about astrology versus having people like learn from experience like i want to i want people to see the value in it but also you know that if you're like just talking about it to people that's not how they're going to take it seriously it's more through just their own you can't win everybody Right, right, yeah, and I don't, I don't think you should try either. You know, like I, again, like my my big thing, and again, this is a, a the sad speaking is that <laughs> it's a really big world out there, you know, um, and everything is not for everybody, and that's cool. What yes. would you say in like an ideal world? How like. What do you want for astrology? Do we need new segments where it's like update instead of like all the sad shit we hear? It's like, <laughs> guess where Saturn's at today? Yeah. What What would you in your like ideal world? How would astrology be be used, or where would it be? Um. Well, 
I feel like I feel like I've I've been actually seeing it used this way, and um, I definitely try to use it this way when it comes to my practice. But that's uh, using it as a self a, a tool for self care, basically. You know, um, being able to know like you know when you know a moon you know phase is going to sort of trigger you in a certain way and that what that could mean for you in terms of like making sure that you um you know do things to either like boost your spirits or boost your energy or you know making sure you get enough food and rest and and things of that nature i think astrology can be definitely helpful um in those regards uh like the other day I had tweeted something about like my body physically feeling very heavy now since there's so many uh, planets and earth signs. And, you know, a lot of people like sort of, you know, uh, tweeted me back and it was like, oh my gosh, yes, I feel so tired and I'm so exhausted and da da da. And I'm like, well, you know, just so you know, that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not like complaining. I'm just saying that my body feels heavy, but there's a reason for that. It's, you know, like when. Earth is all about like, you know, getting rest and pay attention, paying more attention to your body. So that way, you know, you can feel better. So um, that's kind of like, and that's also kind of like the angle that I took my book, you know, um, I, I wanted it to be like a very practical, applicable thing that goes beyond just like the woo-woo of it, of like, how can I actually apply this to my life in order to make some like changes? Mm, that's awesome. Cause I feel like that is missing in a lot of areas in in kind of anything of a mystical nature is kind of like how do you actually use it or like what is that like I think it's easy for people to kind of you know charge crystals and and pull cards and stuff uh not to speak down about any of that because we're all into that shit but (laughs) but the kind of things of like okay but then what do you do after you pull the card or like what does that mean for your real life Right. And and that's also what I wanted to do with the, the astrology course, you know, that I did too, um, like around the moon rituals, you know, because I would see often around the, you know, social media sphere of people being like, oh, like for, la- like, for example, last night, full moon in Scorpio, you know, it's the ending of like a karmic cycle and da da da. And I'm just like, well, what does that mean for me personally? Like, what is this full moon in Scorpio? okay, karma, but, like, who's karma? What karma? Like, what are you talking about, you know? So I try to make it as specific and as usable as I possibly can, and that's what I would like the direction, you know, that that astrology continued to kind of take in shape. That's awesome. I think I feel the same way, and I think sometimes I don't realize it until after it's happened, like, um say for instance like the Scorpio full moon I've had the instinct to throw away a lot of my comedic material which is like not something I do I haven't I've only been doing comedy like six years so it's obviously haven't run through enough material to have a ton to throw away but like I think it's really more that like my house is cluttered and so I'm like throw away all this intellectual shit everything's cluttered but it's like no you're physically in a space that's like it's too much for you it's not what's in your head and it's sometimes I don't realize it until like a couple of days after it's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. And I think some people can don't always understand that, like, you know, certain transits hit hit us, you know, in in, in different ways. And sometimes, depending on where, what is what the transit is and what's happening, it can take a few days or even sometimes a few months for the the lesson or the theme to fully sink in. And so, you know, sometimes it's good you know, to keep people informed and let them know, like, this is going on and that's going on. But, you know, not everyone is going to feel it the same, in the same way. And I think people should definitely be aware of that. I have a question. Um, this might be very vague, but, <laughs> but I think your brilliant mind will go where it needs to. So rising signs. I feel like rising signs are interesting because – I feel like in our discussions we've had with other guests or just from reading texts or what have you, for me, and maybe this is just how I'm interpreting it, I feel like there's this struggle between this kind of predestined, like this is just what you put out and you can't really control it versus like what can you control? I just wonder if you have any, I don't know, maybe just an insight on rising signs that you would want people maybe to know about what that might mean for them depending on their, you know, of course, depending on their placement and et cetera, but rising signs. Besides the technical part of it, obviously, for setting up house systems, what do you believe, like, the role of rising sign is? Exactly. 
So there's there's sort of like a twofold thing to that when it comes to rising signs. So rising signs in one way is how we approach the world. So like if you are, let's say for example, a Sagittarius rising, you're going to be someone that approaches the world in sort of a Sagittarian way, even if the chart says, you know, you're like a Cancer sun or like a Leo moon, the way in which you approach the world is going to be very Sagittarian. You're going to use those those Cancerian Leo energies and, and apply them in a Sagittarian way. Um, if that makes sense. So like, yeah. or if you're like um, a Scorpio rising, you know, you're going to approach the world in a Scorpionic sort of way. So that's one way the rising sign operates. But then I have always noticed, like there, there, there are a lot of astrologers and there's texts that'll talk about like how the rising sign is like sort of like the mask that you wear. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say, that it's the self that like it's the way that you want to be seen mm-hmm. you know like the projected sort of self um but not necessarily the authentic self mm-hmm. so with the with the ascendant sometimes it could be a thing of like i want to like this is the best like this is my best representation this is how i see myself how i want to be seen and how other how i want other people to see me but it isn't until we get past that and we start seeing the you know, the sun and the moon and the mercury and the rest of the planets that we kind of get more of a fuller picture of someone. Like, for example, like with my chart, I'm a Leo rising, but I have Saturn there sitting there in, in the first house. And a lot of my close friends will tell you that when they first met me, they thought that I was very cold and distant and very aloof. And I think that part of that also has to do with my Aquarius moon. But um a lot of that felt that Saturn in the first was also kind of being kind of like feeling kind of awkward, you know, and, and being a bit reserved in certain spaces until people get past that and then they get the sad me. But, um, it's, yeah. So rising signs, I feel like it's the way that you approach the world. And then it's also kind of like the, like sort of like the projected self. Mm. It might even be like, it seems like almost like a buffer before you get to like enter your chart or something like that yeah yeah and, and i've even uh, seen it explained as being like the front door to, mm, to you mm-hmm. whereas like the descendant is like the back door yeah yeah i feel like rising sign makes a lot more sense when you remember that it's like an axis where there's a front and a back mm-hmm. to where it's like I, we talk about it because we talk about it more than you talk about descendant um, right. So I feel like sometimes it gets lost that there it, it's part of a pair like that too, where it's like, it's not, it's not just that there's a part of it that's hiding or that it's, that it's protecting or something like that. Right. Right. And like the descendant will also talk about like, um, you know, like how we connect with other people mm-hmm. and like how, like how that like first and seventh house axis kind of like how it swings back and forth and, 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 the way in which we sort of approach the world and then like the people that we encounter as we approach, you know, on our, on our journey. I think that's interesting too, because you have your moon over on that side near the descendant. And you like said earlier that you connected with water signs through that, in that emotional way, which is kind of like Mm -hmm. a moon thing. Um, how do you decide, uh, you know, we do this podcast and, how do you decide what parts of astrology you use and what you don't? Ooh, like, and I don't mean not like what you believe, but I mean like even, I mean, it can be twofold. It can be that it can be like kind of your kind of approach to it, but also right. like when we keep learning about asteroids and, uh, you know, theoretical points and, you know, midpoints and things like that, all yeah, of those. Tell us about Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fixed stars, all of it. Like, yeah. What do you, what's, what's your process for kind of filtering out what you decide you like and don't? Um, I think it really boils down to, um, simplicity. Um, I know that there are astrologers who pride themselves on really like, um, uh, I don't want to say complicated, but they pride themselves on like lengthy, you know, um, and very involved techniques, you know, which essentially come from like, uh, historical, you know, like very like, um, not modern, but like, you know, historical times, medieval times. Um, I've done those things before. And like, for me, I realized again, Mercury and Capricorn, it's like, I don't have the capacity for like multiple, multiple steps of things. 
And it starts to get convoluted because my thing is kind of like, if it's convoluted to me, then it's going to be convoluted in the way that I try to explain that to a client. Mm. And I never want it to be a thing where I don't know the material or it's, if it's something that's confusing me or tripping me up or if it doesn't make sense to me, like it needs to make sense. And so that's always my approach. Like if it, if I can't apply it and I can't make sense of it, then I kind of just put it to the side. It might be something that I might personally kind of play with. <clears throat> like I, I play with like midpoints and things of that nature um, and, and other stuff. But when it comes to doing things for like clients and reading charts and stuff like that, I, I tend to kind of stick to, to the basics. Um, because to me, it's easier for me to explain and to grasp and to give people what they need. Hmm, that makes sense. I also just love that. Um, because I think that's what was interesting with even starting this podcast where it's interesting, but there's like so much on astrology that it can feel like I'm not allowed or this is overwhelming or like, will I ever be able to look at my chart? But then when you simplify it with just like, let's do the planets, let's do the houses and let's just look at the aspect and like these like kind of core fundamentals of like looking at your nail chart. It's like, yay. Like if I got a chart reading, it's like, then I can like comprehend this rather than getting into like the deep nitty gritty, unless that's your thing. And that's unless you want to, like, I guess, point it out or whatever, but it's not like a bragging point to be like, Oh, this hypothetical, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I don't knock it. Like one of the reasons why I got into astrology was because, you know, I, there's so much that I, I don't know. You know, I've been doing this for close to 10 years now and there's still so much out there that, you know, that I can still learn and I'm learning and, and kind of figuring out. So I love the idea of like being in a field where you can never really get bored. Um, but in terms of like my own sort of style, like I, I, I prefer to keep it simple. I mean, let's just play. I think we should play. Should we, we should play? play? Okay. We have a game. Um, not sure if you're familiar <laughs> with it. It's called Mary Fuck Kill. Are you, okay. okay. And so <laughs> you know it. Uh, good. So we are going to just do two rounds. We can all okay. play, but you're the star of the show. And we, I have people who share your sun moon combo and then your sun rising combo. So these are celebrity okay. type, type people. people. Oh, yay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with the Mary Fuck Kill with these are Sag Suns Aqua Moons. And that's Britney Spears, Jay Z. Uh, Oh, okay. Jay Z and Sarah Paulson. Do we know who Sarah Paulson is? Oh yes, I love her. So I would marry her totally. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's babe. Um, I don't know. I might kill Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> You're in New York, right? Yes. <laughs> is he like still beloved there, or is it kind of like is he too cool for school now? with him I feel like I feel like he's beloved but it's like twofold like I feel there's there's a part of people who are like he's like so far removed because he's now like this rich person is like what do you know about the streets anymore mm-hmm. and then I feel like there's this also this part was like you know we're always gonna love Jay-Z like there's something nostalgic you know mm-hmm. connected to to him so but me personally I <laughs> I'd kill him. It's time to go. <laughs> He's had his time in the sun. I mean, Lisa's Lisa's rule is also always, always if, kill, it's, if there's it's a one guy, one man, you, you have, have to, to kill, kill the guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, it's the it, it is kind of the rules. Take that opportunity and, when you can, you know. And you're fucking Britney. It sounds like. Of course, of course, especially um, uh, toxic. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I we're mean, picking an era, toxic mm-hmm. era. Yeah, okay. toxic era. Okay. I mean that that rhinestone bodysuit thing. Like, oh. she can she can get it. I'm mm-hmm. fucking Britney Spears. Also, yeah, um, I'm going to drive me crazy. Oh, a little throwback. Mm. Love that. Mm. Love that one. That's I mean, mine. I love like even just a sometimes all white at the pier. Oh, yes. And also, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. In that, like, I mean, speaking of low rise jeans, just like on the edge of that canyon, just. And every time, Brittany, I just love her. Her her Aquamoon shows quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- <laughs> her Instagram is just like the most Aquamoon thing on earth. Just her like running towards the beach videos. Mm-hmm. And, like- it's like, I would love to feel, but one day. <laughs> 
All right, so we're all on the same page about I those. Think so yeah. Um, okay, now we have some Sag Suns Leo Risings. Also, just gotta say, I love Leo Risings. Like, oh, I know like the debate can be out about like your is your look defined by this, but every Leo Rising I know is the most stylish person in the world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm dating. I'm dating one, and um, I think this might be the first Leo Rising I've ever dated, and I'm just like so happy that I get to have someone that we can like let's get get dressed up together. Yes. <laughs> as as you well deserve, and yes. them as well. My boyfriend and I are the same rising too. It's nice. My boyfriend and I are the same rising yeah, too. It's like a nice. <laughs> All of our houses are all set up right. Well, my boyfriend's rising is my sun sign, so That's I don't know. It's too. like it works. It works. He's an aqua. He's the aqua moon. That's why I'm like, we gotta have an aqua moon moment. Um, these are the suns, Leo rising, and we have Tina Turner, mm-hmm. great, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Katie Holmes. Okay, mm. um, I probably have to kill Katie. <laughs> yeah. I think you're correct. I think you're yeah. right too. Uh, Katie pissed me off from Dawson's Creek. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I just, I just think the Tom Cruise. It's too it's, the, the Tom Cruise of it all is a little much for me. I just have no bond with her. Yeah, like I don't have anything that yeah. like I'm like oh that one role really we we had that moment. But Joey also was like a shitty character. She, she was, was like yeah. shitty. Joey sucked. I mean, cool name. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to like. But fuck, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Um, and then Mary, I would marry Tina. I love her. I feel like you made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because sometimes the fuck, Mary kills can be really dividing. Um, but I think when I looked at these, I think I thought it was like very clear what purpose everyone came to play. Like, I was like, no, I think I know what the answers are going to be. I mean, not that we're all going to be unison, but I was like, yeah, I'm like, it's just this is what you're here for. Um, also, just to, I was looking on like the whatever website it is that you can combo and find celeb people. And um, Billy McFarland, the Firefest guy, is a Sag Sun Aquamoon. But everyone else, it just says their name, like Britney Spears or this. But his, it said Billy McFarland fraudster. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, where did you find his stuff? I could not find his birth time anywhere. I think it was like. Uh, I don't know. It's like Astro Dash Charts. It's like a very pretty site, but you can do a sun moon combo for celeb people. But I love the moon though. It wouldn't have this whole chart. Yeah. I mean, Sag, Sag, Sag can definitely get into some fraud. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's how I was like. I mean, it makes sense, but and, and then uh, also, yeah. also your big three. Uh, you do have two celebrities that I found with your big three. Um, I, they I, they might be celebrities to you. We'll find out. Um. <laughs> Which is Terry Terry Hatcher oh, from Desperate yeah. Housewives. Yeah, 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 she drinks at my boyfriend's bar. She's really so nice. Oh, yeah. and then Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, I love okay. him. Okay, so those are your big those are your big three twins, but they just didn't play a part in the game. I was just like, I'll let her know, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this is extra knowledge that I feel comfortable giving a Sagittarius. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, I'm so happy we we've been fans for as, since we've been like starting off, and we were just you've been on our wish list to have on. And I'm glad oh, we thank could. You. Uh, anything, anything you want us and to remind us to find you at, or things to look out for, or future things coming up, or what should, should what should our signers know? Um, so uh, you can find me on the web at mylifecreated.com. That's my website. Um, and you can also get all my social there. Um, and um, yeah, please pick up my book, Astrology for Happiness and Success. Is oh. there um, more stargazing in the future? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I would definitely love to do more star- stargazing, but we don't know if there's going to be another season. Okay. All well, right. So great. we're check, hoping there, we're will, hoping be there will be. And also check out um, those backlog episodes if you have not, because yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. And fans, you know how this works then. Log on to the old Facebook pages, comment, when are more episodes coming out? Like, yeah, you got to yeah. like, you got to bump the socials yeah. and be like, get the demand rolling. And we're going to yeah, put exactly. links to every, to Mecca's book and socials in our, in our episode description. So find it there. But yeah. Thank, thank you, you so for coming much. on. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Uh,
Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?